and is now coming across the horizon to meet Jacob with 400 men with him. And Jacob panics and tries to get the situation in hand by sending all kinds of gifts out ahead for his brother. He is deeply afraid and distressed. And he prays that God will deliver him from Esau. And just before Esau closes the distance, Jacob finds himself in the middle of one of those long, dark nights engaged in a kind of supernatural struggle. Just imagine, we can see it, we can picture Jacob there on the ground, cold, hard ground with the dying embers of a fire as darkness descends. He could hear the river just feet from where he lay. Jacob was very much alone in that darkness. And dawn was a long way off. So he lay there curled under his sheepskin, staring into what remained of the embers of his campfire. And he remembered. He remembered and that kept him awake. He remembered how he had deceived his own father and cheated his brother Esau out of his rightful inheritance. He remembered how he had entered his father's tent, his old aging father, with bits of sheep's wool somehow attached to his arm because it was from Esau's hairy arms that his now blind father could tell one brother from the other. So Jacob remembered how this deception had worked and how dying Isaac grabbed his arm and ran it from wrist to elbow and said, it sounds like Jacob, but surely this is the arm of Esau. And so, pretending to be his brother, Jacob asked for his brother's inheritance, and it was granted to him by his father in one of those weird old-timey Bible rules that, you know, we don't quite understand. Once that blessing is given, it can't be taken back. It can't even be corrected. So that long night laying there in the darkness with his brother closing the distance, Jacob remembered the wrong he had done so many years before. And this recollection pressed in on him and it churned his insides, gnawed at him until he felt empty and exhausted, until sleep would not come. The memories were like a strong current that dragged him unwillingly to think about his whole life, not only what he had done in his youth, but about who he had become and about what brought him to that place where he found himself there by the Jabbok River. There was nothing but emptiness for Jacob in any of those thoughts. His struggle with himself grew more intense as the night wore on. He knew the time was ticking down. And the conflict raged within until he lay there in the darkness, feeling entirely forsaken and alone. So alone. And maybe you've been there yourself. But as the night wore on, Jacob became aware that he was not alone, that his struggle was not only with himself, but 
Someone else was there appearing in the darkness until he became aware that somehow God was present in that place. And it was with God that Jacob wrestled. With a God who knew him all too well. A God who had seen him kneel at his father's bedside and steal his brother's blessing. A God who knew his disobedience, who knew he had rejected God's will for his life and pursued his own interest above everyone else's. It was with an angel of the Lord that Jacob wrestled in the darkness of the night. This wrestling match with God, this battle of wills, was very real for Jacob. This was no mere psychological struggle. He was matched against an angel of the Lord. And Jacob struggled with God, unwilling to give in and afraid to let go and run away. So he wrestled a battle of wills that went on deep into the night. And what is so amazing is that God permitted Jacob to wrestle with him. He did not appear in all of his glory and power and might, which would have scared Jacob to death. But instead, God allowed Jacob to wrestle with him. This is a God who was willing to be wrestled with, more than willing, to engage in an encounter of wills with us. This battle of wills at the river Jabbok ought to sound like a familiar personal story. Right? I was too busy in college to bother with church or my faith. I'm too ashamed to attend worship. I'm I'm not good enough, frankly. I have too many doubts. It's too much I don't understand or I'm not sure that I believe. I don't like the changes. I've been hurt or disappointed. I'm too angry. I'm too busy. I probably wouldn't be accepted for who I am. I'm too afraid. Ever since that first encounter of wills, that battle of wills that took place in the Garden of Eden, it has been the fundamental part of every human being to struggle against God's will for us in some way or another. And I'm sure we can see it in ourselves in a dozen different ways. So here's what we learn today. That God is willing to wrestle with us. If it takes all night, in fact, God insists that we wrestle with Him, especially when it comes to those things that we hold most dear. God does not come as the all-powerful Creator to demand that we submit our wills without question or protest, but God calls in the night to struggle over concerns of relationships, of material wealth, security, success, of risking for the faith and our freedom to do as we please. God challenges us to wrestle with all those things that keep us awake at night. 
And then after we've battled all night, God tells us the most amazing thing of all. He says, you win. God throws the match and blesses us just as he did Jacob. It's not about deserving it. Blesses us because in the wrestling with God, we have been changed. Emerging from this struggle with God, Jacob is a different man. He he walks with a limp, for one thing. He's transformed from the shame of his own deceit and greed and self-interest. He is changed. Even his name is changed from Jacob to Israel. And his story connects with our own. When Jacob finally goes out to face the music with his brother Esau, when the distance has been closed and the 400 men are surrounding him, and the doom that he has been dreading all night as he wrestled with an angel of the Lord is upon him, the two brothers recognize each other and they embrace and both of them weep. And there is reconciliation. And there is forgiveness. When we struggle with God, we win because the struggle changes us. No one can battle through the night with God and not be changed. This is the good news for us. God struggles with us in the midst of our sinfulness. The struggle is not because of our sinfulness. It is not an angry, judgmental, demanding God that has come to fight with us because we're not good enough. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We win because God takes the loss. God throws the match on the cross. God in Christ takes the loss on your behalf. For he who knew no sin became sin. And then by an empty tomb in the morning light, God declared you the winner. When the long, dark night is over, we learn that we were never alone. And never will be. My God, my rock, a shakable foundation. Forever I am safe in my Savior's arms, my hiding place. You are my salvation Forever I am safe in my Savior's arms Forever I am safe in my Savior's arms